0: Hello everybody, welcome to the 17th edition of Coffee Time with Byron and Dave. I am your host, Byron, alongside my co-host as always, Dave, and we got former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, Michael Boley, with us tonight. How are you tonight?
1: Good man, how are you doing?
0: i Doing good, doing good, doing good. Just wish we could get this figured out. We will, like I tell my co host, he's worried about it. But I tell my co host, Rome Rosenbelt in, in a day, correct?
2: I'm worried about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> it takes time, man. It takes time. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay, nah, man, everything's good, dude. I uh, I appreciate you coming on with us, man, and you know, just. Being able to talk to a guy that uh, won a Super Bowl is pretty cool. I'll tell you that much. Um, right off the bat, I mean, can you tell me how much uh, that changed your life and that mentally? Uh, you know, just you as a kid, and then this and that happened, and you're playing in the NFL, and now this and that, and all of a sudden you're winning the Super Bowl. Talk to me about it, man. Oh man, um, I mean, winning the Super Bowl was, I mean, for me that was a lifetime
1: achievement. You know, it's kind of one of those things where. I wasn't, you know, my thought process wasn't, you know, making Pro Bowls and all that, which, you know, I didn't make any, you know, that would have been great. But, you know, my ultimate goal, you know, growing up, I went my Super Bowl. Like, I, I didn't grow up thinking, you know, I want to I make it to the Pro Bowl before, you, know? you. know, I want to do, like, individual stuff. So for me, you know, I actually made it for the Super Bowl, but it was, it was awesome, you know. You know, there wasn't. It wasn't until I actually got in the league that I really realized, I, you know, I, I mean, I realized before I got in that there's some all-time great players who didn't even make it to a Super Bowl, you know, you know, but, you know not less than win one, uh, you know, I had a chance to, you know, watching, you know, guys like Tony Gonzalez growing up you know, and played, what, almost 20 years in the league, didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So, like, that's tough. And he is, you know, he's one of the best to ever do it in his position. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> and not want a Super Bowl. So, yes. you know, it's just, you know, uh, a lot of guys don't play long in general. So, you know, making it to Super
0: Bowl is hard. Well, would you say the average? I've, I think I've heard a past guest say this before. Uh, and it was definitely a former NFL player like yourself. I guess maybe it varies between you guys. I don't know. But he said... A lifespan of an NFL player usually ranges from three to five years,
1: average. Is that true? It's about, it's about three point four years, give or take a little bit. Mm-mm-mm.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you you know, you, you factor in all the guys who you know play football just in general. Just you know, if you start at the hospital level, you know, guys who you know or guys who don't make it to college. And then I think the number of all college players, I think is less than 1% of all college football players make it to the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, with that short of career span for guys, a lot of turnover. So, you know, for some guys to actually be able to play long enough to actually make it, you know, to the show, it's, it's hard.
0: What do you remember most about that Super Bowl?
1: Oh, man, everything. You know, just the whole experience of you know the week, you know the week of, the week before, the week after. You know, it's 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 an incredible experience. You know, they, which I'm quite sure it's the same for every team. But man, going to Super Bowl, they they lap the red carpet for you. You know, you're getting, you know, uh, even like you know, once you figure out you're going to Super Bowl, you know, you win that championship game, man, you're getting gifts from. This sponsor, this sponsor, you know, just and not just individually. You know, individuals get it, but you know, even just a lot of stuff that goes to the team, like each player. and
2: Man, it's <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. That Let's was- talk more about it. Cause I, well, I'm sorry. I gotta, no, you What good, stuff you're good. did you get? What did you get? Tell me exactly what you got. Like, did you get a bag of like uh, all clothes? I mean, what? I mean, you get like you know, at
1: the time, you have Nike's a league sponsor, so you know they want everything you wear when you show up with a Super Bowl to be Nike. So they're sending you Nike sweatpants, sweatshirts, T-shirts, shorts, shoes, flip-flops, everything, you know. um, I think just over the course of us making it to the NFC Championship game up until the next summer, I think I got four or five new pair of Beats headphones. Wow. (laughs) You know, and and it's all, you know, and it's all just, you know, it's, I mean, like I said, it's, it's great stuff, but you know, this is, you know, these are, it's pretty much just marketing for these places. Beats is like, look, this guy's going to be a Super Bowl. We want him with our headphones on, whether he's going to, you know, to the media, you know, the media day, yeah. he's in pregame warmups, you know, we want him with our stuff on. That's kind of, that's kind of how a lot of people look at it, you know?
0: Now, you happen to play with, alongside some of the great Hall of Famers, and on your defense that super bowl year how was it playing with them did you learn a lot from
1: them that's great i learned a lot just from being in new york in general with a lot of different players that was there before we won the super bowl and even you know when we won the super bowl uh, you know playing with guys like i mean just to, our our front line was amazing justin tuck Jose Miura. Mm-hmm uh JPP, yep. uh Matthias Kiwanuka, Man Beef, God, Chris Candy. Mm-hmm. God, We had, you know, we had a lineup. Like it was, you know, Dave Thompson. Just to I can't just to think about all the guys that we had up front, it's like, man, like, you know, I take my hat off to those guys all the time, man. Like, y'all <laughs> y'all make life easy for us in the back end at times, you know? Now, was that the
0: Super Bowl or was it the First, one that you never got to be with that the Patriots were going undefe- undefeated was that the first That was one? in 07. That was
1: before I was eight. That's
0: I what I there, thought. There. That's what I thought. But did you, when you guys went back to the Super Bowl with Manning, did Eli ever tell you guys about that Super Bowl? No, I
1: mean, you know, a lot of the guys that were there, you know, they talk about the experience, like, you know. Act like you've been here before, you know. Don't get too wrapped up in, you know, everything leading up to, you know, that Super Bowl game. You know, yeah, it's all it's all fabulous, but you know, you still still got to stay focused and make sure you know you both mentally and physically prepare you know for the game. So, so it was good having guys on the team who had been there before, and not only that, I mean, it was just four years prior, so that was great for. You know, for us uh, guys who had not been,
0: what was it like beating good old the goat, the goat in the Super Bowl, Brady? Because Manning's the only one that's beaten him twice.
1: <laughs> that is true. Uh, it was <laughs> great. You know, a lot of you know, I know, talking to guys who had beaten you know in the, the few years before, especially on the defensive side, they were excited to get after him again, just because. I mean, we were confident, you know, our front guys, they knew what a challenge it was to go up against him. And they, you know, they kind of, they kind of welcomed that challenge with open arms. Like, you know, we're, we're here for it. Like not the it's, it's not really bad. Like we had a cocky front, front line. Like they, they knew they could get after the quarterback. And for them all the time, it was always a race. Who's
0: going to get there first? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> go ahead, Dave. I know you got a question in the weights.
2: I do, man. I, you know, it, just hearing you talk about being in the Super Bowl and the dream come true and stuff, and all, it, it still brings me back to you You starting out in high school, you starting starting out in college, whatever, with a story with you. I didn't even read if you went to college or not. Most football guys do. Baseball guys, yeah. there's some guys that don't. There's some guys that do. It's a whole different thing. Usually NFL guys all go to college, but yeah. What is the difference with you compared to other guys when you were in high school athletically? And like, were you the only guy in your town? Was it a small town or you did like, you know, was, oh, it, yeah. was that a big yeah. deal? What's up? <laughs> Extremely
1: small town. Um, I went to high school in a place called Elkmont, Alabama. And it's not big at all, but, you know, it's one of those places you learn to love and you, you know, not many, I mean, I don't think there's other than myself, I mean, we've had other student athletes, you know, go on go to college and play at you know various universities. But as far as professional football, I don't think we've had anybody else that has made it that far. Mm. But um, I mean, we've had some tr- tremendous talent, you know, come through there, and uh, you know, it's just it's just a matter of some t- you know timing, luck, you know, uh, you know, and uh, but you know more so the, the work that you put in you know my story which is I'm, I'm sure it's happened to plenty other players throughout history is um I didn't play linebacker in high school and got 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 moved to linebacker shortly after I got to college and I was like dude this is not it <laughs> I was like this is not it for me you know I was ready you know, I, I packed my bags and I was ready to go back home um But I got, you know, I talked to a a guy at the time, he was a senior, and he just kind of explained kind of his situation, how, you know, he had, you know, throughout his, you know, collegiate career, he had bounced around from different positions. But anyway, you know, it helped him, you know, he learned, he learned a lot about the defense. So it helped him mentally put himself in a better position to make plays. And so that's how he ended up being a starter. Uh, So, you know, he kind of passed that bit of knowledge on to me, and so that just you know throughout my years like I was never the biggest linebacker around. like I wasn't like a physically imposed linebacker but I was very athletic and I knew what I, I knew what to do and so I you know would study you know I knew what you know what, what to expect from other offenses, so it helped me put myself in a better position to make plays and so
2: that's how I got recognized that's, that's a huge deal man I mean you're talking like advanced stuff too at the end of the uh, that your answer um when you were in high school, leading up to college, what did you do special compared to other guys that got you noticed? And what was it like? What was your specialty? In high school? Oh gosh! Uh, like, why did you get recognized? Was, why? Why were you so good? Like, was it just the position? Well, what, was that- was, what was funny? Like, I
1: was I was a running back slash receiver in high school. Um, and between my junior and senior year, I played cornerback, cornerback and safety on defense. Which at the time I didn't, I didn't really like defense. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I didn't like You're it. Right. No one does, right? And, no um, one. and so I felt my senior year. I felt like I had a pretty, I had a pretty good year um, on offense. I had uh, a little bit over a thousand yards rushing. about another over seven hundred yards receiving. And so when the all-state standings come out, you know. Coach told me I made it, so you know I get the paper. You know, paper. That's all, that's all I am. <laughs> we didn't have. You know, we didn't have online social media back then. So um, I'm looking, I'm looking through the paper, and I'm like looking through the offensive uh, category to see my name. And I don't see it. And so I asked coach, I'm like, I thought she said I made it. He's like, Yeah, you made it on defense. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I mean, I think I have you know maybe like hundred hundred something typos with like six or seven interceptions. but I was like, okay, that's weird. I'm like, I don't, I don't even like defense, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I mean, going on to college, you know, got recruited as an athlete, got down to Southern Miss and I asked coach, well, I mean, where where am I supposed to go this first day? He's like, go wherever you want. So I had a I had an older cousin at the time start starting started running back and I was like you know what I I know I'm not gonna beat him out so I'm gonna go over here with the receivers <laughs> spend a day with the receivers next day linebacker coach came I was like look we just want to try you at linebacker if you don't like it you can go back to the offense I didn't like it but they kept me over anyway so and then you know <laughs> the rest is kind of history that's awesome Dude, that's
2: hilarious that is hilarious
0: yeah that's awesome. So I I see you I see you went in the o5 draft. You were picked in You were picked in the fifth round. I believe it was about 160. Take us through that night of the draft and how it happened. Were you projected to go that high in the draft, or did you think you were going to be a lower draft pick? Uh,
1: I thought I, I thought it would be a better position pick. Uh. I still remember Fifth round Pick 160 Um You know Just talking to my agent At the time From the time I left school You know Even after my pro day Like I felt like I had a good pro day Good combine workout Um He said that You know He was thinking A second round pick And that's You know That's kind of Just what he told me He was like Late first Early second round pick Mm. I'm like all right, cool So Uh Draft was different then, and so they did the first three rounds on one day, so that was Friday. Mm-hmm. I watched the entire first day of the draft, pick my pick, sitting there and then just watching them, waiting. You know, I, you know, i spoken to, you know, a couple teams, you know, leading up to draft, uh, to the draft, of Falcons, which is your draft, I spoke to them a couple times, you know, Giants, Patriots, Stillard, I've, you know, talked to a couple different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll never forget uh, sitting there watching the draft, and commissioner comes on, and say with the last pick in the third round, 2005 draft, like the Denver Broncos select like Maurice Clarett, and my jaw just drops because I'm like, you know, and this, at the time, like you know, even now, like it was nothing against him, and I'm like, man, this dude hasn't played football in two years. Mm-hmm and he got drafted for me I'm like you know I started like thinking like like, Mm. am I even gonna get picked wow like wow and you know it's uh I mean shit it's long time ago I'm not gonna last so after that I was pissed so I got wet called a friend up like dude let's go out went out got completely hammered. <laughs> just, uh, you know, because I mean, I yeah. was like really, I was really upset. So Everything. You know, I, was, I was here in Arizona and so my mom flew out. Uh, she brought my oldest two boys. Um, one was four at the time and one was one. So she brought both of them out. And so, you know, I'm sitting there chilling with family and uh, my girlfriend at the time. And I'm just like... Wow, like this is such a disappointment. <laughs> so, like I said, so I got hammered. <laughs> the next, the next day, you know, I get up and I'm like, um, you know, I was like, you know, my mom, you know, my mom came woke me up. She was like, well, you know, the uh, it's getting ready to it's getting ready to start again. And I'm like, all right, so um, yeah, why not? Guess what we're gonna do it. Yeah. So I'm not gonna lie, you know, I. I started drinking again <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm sitting there and you know fourth round goes by and I'm seeing these guys go in the draft and in my mind I'm thinking nah I'm like I, you know no I, way like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like I should have went before him like you know that was just my, my process dude and then I get a call from it was an Atlanta number and so, at first, I was like, I, I don't know if this is, so I are going to answer. I was like, hey, you know what, I'll answer. Um, my 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 college roommate from my junior year, he got drafted about a 5 year before I did. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, maybe it was him. So I was like, let me answer it. So I answered the phone. It is the defense coordinator from the
0: Falcons. Oh, wow.
1: Oh, hey, Mike, how you doing? I just want to let you know, you know. We got two picks coming up in the fifth round. We're going to take you with our first pick, and you know, in the fifth round. And me being a little buzz, I'm like, "All right." <laughs> so I, well, no, because I was a little irritated because we, you know, we took another linebacker in the third round. The Falcons did, and so I had I already had a little sour taste in my mouth. Like, all right, you know, nothing against the guy they took. a great guy. Um. So you know. I hang up the phone. They make the pick. The linebacker coach calls me back. And so he gets, you know, we go on the phone. He's like, oh, you know, welcome to the, you know, welcome to the team. He's like, you know, are you, you know, are you excited to, be, you know, to be a new member of the Falcons? And just, I just, my immediate response was, no, not really. <laughs> That's insane. And he's I like, oh, uh, no, nah, you know, and he kind of go. he's like, well, you know, um, he was like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, be, I'm like, do like, you see what around it is? He's like, you know what? You know, I understand. You know, just kind of... He's like, you know, just coming here, you know, work hard, you know, prove people wrong. I'm like, all right, I intend to. let
2: me hung the phone up. So I was kinda, that was kind of my intro to, to being in the league. That's insane, dude. I mean, that's insane to me because... All, okay, all it does. I mean, I turn it around right here. It just shows how confident you are and your abilities and your skills. And and you were right, by the way. You were right. Um, yeah, yeah. All those <laughs> other guys, <laughs> you're like, yeah. <laughs> all those other guys, did they play as long as you? Were there any of those guys better? You know, at the end of it all, I mean. And and then here, I want to piggyback it. What? Uh, oh yeah, we. I was mean, it worth it? Some, we have some great. I and I always say, I always say, top five class
1: is always the best. You know, we. Uh, Derek Johnson was the first linebacker off the board in my draft. And so I, you know, I can't complain with that. DeBarnes Ward got selected as a linebacker. So, you know, that kind of, stuff. like, I can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't complain with that because those guys are, will probably go down the hall of Like, I can't, I can't complain of that. But, you know, I mean, there were some, there were some other guys that, you know, played a little bit. Some played great. Uh, even think about it, Lofa Tatufu from Seattle was the second round pick in my draft class. I felt like he should win the first round, just based mm-hmm. on football, not combine workouts and all that. I was like, "That man's a baller. <laughs> he should win the first round." You know, I think he made what four straight Pro Bowls or five or something. Oh yeah, like that. he was a part he of that. Yeah.
0: He was a part of that defense. Uh, what they call that defense? Uh, the Legion of Boom. Yeah, the Legion of Boom. Yep. God, I missed that. So. You, they're not that no more.
2: <laughs> hey, what was your what was your best what was your best memory? What was, your, what was your best memory and, and your and your worst memory of the, the whole deal with the uh, professional baseball or professional baseball, professional football where you got paid to play on TV, uh, all that good stuff, dude. What's the best and the worst, man? The best? Uh, Win the Super Bowl. I mean, that
1: will always, <laughs> that will always top any, you know, any part of my career. Uh, worst part was, uh, man, it's a business. That's, uh, that was, that was the worst part about it. I mean, you know, there was just some stuff that happened in my career that I, I'm not going to go into detail about. That was just, it was business, but like, at the same time, it kind of makes you like, dang, like, this is not, this is not how football is meant to be. Like, you know, you go from, I mean, I learned early on, like, you know, you go from college where, dude, we're all the same. Like, we are, like, when it comes to players, like, we're brothers in this. And you have people that will treat you like brothers. Right. And then to where you get into the family, it's like, dude, this is the job. Like, sometimes, you know, you come in a young guy, sometimes you won't have a guy at your position who's willing to help you get better because they don't want to be replaced. hmm Right. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have that happen to me. Like, I had. I had an amazing group of. You know, we call them old heads. We had a <laughs> I had an amazing group of old heads when I came in. Uh, Keith Brooklyn was a linebacker when I got there. Uh, Ed Hartwell just came over from Baltimore. Uh, Ike Reese had just came over from Philly. And I had. I was lucky to have some guys who, when I came in, they showed me the ropes. And it was kind of like, all right, look, youngster, this is what you need to do. Do this. Do this. Don't do this. Like and just kind of make sure I understood, like this is the business first, come in, you know, don't try to make wage. just kind of do what you do. You know, you've been a baller throughout college, get here, just keep playing football. Don't get too caught up in too much other stuff, so to speak.
0: So what would you take from being in Atlanta? What'd you learn the most? How'd you enjoy it? Um, did you like it?
1: I loved Atlanta, man. I can't, you know, uh, I got a friend who's one of my closest friends. He lives in Arizona. He's a diehard Falcons fan. So I know if he hears me say this, he's going to go crazy. But, you know, I'll always be thankful for Atlanta mm-hmm. for giving me my shot. You know, they drafted me. But at the same time, I had some things that happened on my way out the door that didn't sit right. So I haven't really been back too much. Uh I don't have a problem I love Arthur Blanks. great person great owner loving to there uh, but there were some coaches and stuff at the time which you know they're going down you know uh, they did some things that just didn't sit right with me and you know so when I left there you know kind of it's kind of one of those like you know I don't have any hard feelings towards all, but I ain't really coming back. You know what I mean? <laughs> well actually I, I did have some hard feelings like we played we played in Atlanta came to New York my first year in New York and it was I had it on my mind, you know, I'm like <laughs> we, we gotta dominate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were ready, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so out of out of your six hundred and ninety-five tackles you had in your career. And out of your nine and a half sacks, I see. Out of any of those, which ones do you remember the most from your career? And can you tell us a story? What was going on in your head when you got your you got your best tackles?
1: Oh man, it's it's, it's too many to count, man. It's you know you you know from making plays to you know tackling people like Mike Allstar, who you know. I I ain't gonna say he was old, but like I guess growing up, like through college and stuff, like dang, like you know, watching these guys, like you know, this guy's a beast, or playing against, you know, having a chance to match up against people like Tony Gonzalez, you know, uh, as a you know as a cover linebacker, at the time. it was like, man, this is like surreal, like you know, I'm going to get these against these guys, or even you know, mine up against Brett Favre, man, Southern Miss alma mater, but like. Damn, like, man, Brett's old. Like, he's still in the league. Like, but I get to go against him, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's stuff like that that, like, man, it's, you know, it's so surreal. Like, my first preseason game, we played in Tokyo against the Colts. Mm-hmm. And our starters played one series. And I thought they starters starting to play one series, but no, I get in the game, Peyton Manning's in the game. And I'm like, wow, that's like, dude, that's Peyton Manning. He's making checks. I'm like, dude, this is, I'm like, this is the kind of stuff you see on TV. Wow. Um, Man, it's, like I said, it's just so much, uh, you know, having a chance to play with Michael Vick, playing against Michael Vick. Mm. You know, it's, you know, I tell people all the time, it's uh, just me personally on the field. I haven't seen a faster person on the field. yeah, you know, you got guys like Tyreek Hill and stuff like that now, but just me when I played, man, that guy was, (laughs) (laughs) it was fast. But I'd say a great moment that I will play. Um, uh, I sacked Peyton Manning three times in one half when I played for Atlanta in the wow. house. Nice. Oh, I love that. That was that was great. <laughs> that was great. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <That> was <laughs> great. I, had, I had a I sack, sack Kurt Warner, and, you know, I, oh. I sacked Tom Brady once. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. You know, you... You
0: know, you get those times, and it's like, man. Legends like. in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. But um, a- what we're going to do now, I see we're running low for the first part since we only got 40 minutes. Damn it, Dave. Your credit oh, card dude. sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. So what we're going to do is if you can stay on, stay on with us, get on again, uh, he's Dave's going to send you to stuff again for you to get on. We'll have you on again for part two of the segment. So, is that okay. all right with you? Sounds good. Perfect. All right. We'll be right back with former linebacker right. and Super Bowl champion, Michael Boley. Right. Woo! Hello, everybody, again. Welcome to part two with former Super Bowl champion and NFL player, Michael Bully. Welcome back. As me and my co-hosts were talking, we thank you again for coming on share some of your stories that have been amazing so far. So now I want to jump into my next question before he has his. Share us some of your most memorable stories that you had in your career, if it was on the field, besides the Super Bowl, on the field, or off the field?
1: Oh, man. That's that's a lot. Let me see. Um, I don't even know where to begin. uh, There's just so many, you know, so many different stories, you know, just... You know, I've been fortunate enough to play with, uh, you know, so many amazing players, you know, throughout my career. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Man. Gosh. Oh, here's one. So, uh, First two years in the league, Jim Moore Jr. was our head coach. Mm-hmm. So, previously to that... Um, I'm sure everyone remembers his dad with his famous playoffs speech. speech, (laughs) (laughs) So, his dad came to see him one day at practice. I think we were in training camp. Just walking across the field and one of our guys on the defense just yells out, playoffs? (laughs) Are you kidding me? From, like, across the field and just, oh, my God, everyone, the whole team just erupts in laughter and it's like, man, like, what are you, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like how do you not laugh at that and um, those were you know our record wasn't that great uh, first couple years actually my first three years but um, we had some we had some fun moments you know it's uh, you know I, I played through the the Petrino year mm-hmm. you know when he that he wanted to turn his back on the team and oh, quit yeah. and go to Arkansas oh, yeah. yeah so that was uh that was a disgrace that was interesting you know that was you know that was the first time I'd ever seen uh Mr. Blank actually he was like really 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 ticked off you know when we had our team meeting cause that was that was in my third year I think that was the first time that I'd ever seen Mr. Blank actually come to a team meet <laughs> right um, Cause you know A lot of owners Don't really You know They don't come To a lot of that stuff But uh He came And you know He wanted to express You know Express himself As far as what happened And where we went from there
2: Gosh, um, God So many stories I'm just looking at Your highlight reel On YouTube right now And um Dude you're insane It's ridiculous How How huge How scary you are And um it's amazing to watch, dude. I mean, it's just, it's pretty cool, man. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you. Um, I think I, absolutely, dude. I mean, I, pl- I played, I was a first round pick. I was more of a bust than a uh, career guy, but I got called up twice. I'm a cup of coffee, uh, shot of espresso guy. Um, but, dude, I rode my way, man. I played for, um, you know, 10 years plus and whatever. Um, minor league guy. I played from 18 to like 29 years old, man. And um, saw every five star hotel, five star restaurant, five star, you name it. Um, And I got a chance to play with some of the best guys. Like, I got to play against some of the best guys. Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, in the major leagues. I mean, when I got called up, dude, I mean, I got to hit the same cage as Sammy Sosa. Stuff like this. I mean, I have all my stories. Center fielder for Randy Johnson. And and no one knows who I am. I didn't win a World Series. I don't have anything. I did win a Triple A PCL, spitting out, a PCL um, championship where we won the whole league, which was so awesome. But, um just to reach that feet dude it's so it's so awesome um what would you say for kids right now that um want to be professional athletes and like a direct direct advice from you saying okay man well this is what you should do or this is what you shouldn't do or this is how you should think like what off the top of your head or you know in-depth answer like what do you think for kids you know i mean you gotta be willing to put the work in i mean or i mean first you know you can't let don't let anybody tell you you can't
1: do something you know, don't, you know, if you if you fail one time, you know, like they say, if you fail, if you fall seven times, get up eight, you know, just keep going. You know, it's not, it's not an easy road. Like I said, I was on the verge of quitting college because they moved me a linebacker. I was, I think I was, I weighed in when I got to college 203. That was super small. And it took me, it took me going into my red shirt, into my red shirt sophomore year before I got to actually 215 pounds. Like, it was... <laughs> and it was a challenge, you know? And it was something that, you know, I couldn't... You know, I, you know, I got to the point I realized, all right, they're not going to move the position. So, you know, <laughs> like I said, you know, taking taking advice from my friend, you know, just learn. You know, once I learned... You know, I tell people all the I time, mean, even when, you know, times when I talk to kids, I tell my own kids this your your mind is your strongest key. Like you, you know, you're not always gonna be able to you know you're not always gonna be the biggest or the fastest or anything like that. But if you can outsmart somebody, like you can be good at whatever you're doing with it. It's basketball, it's baseball, football, soccer. Um, like I said i was small. <laughs> I was a small linebacker right So my you know my mind was my it was you know, it was my
2: best tool. And so, you're, you're like, the, bro. but compared to NFL guys, I mean, yeah, okay, I get it. I and mean, it's the same way with me. But then you got pitchers on my end that are just—they're all six eight. Their their shoe size is like nineteen, and I'm sure it's okay. like the um, linebackers that are like the big dudes. Help! Help! They're 330 pounds. Is this who like? No, that's
1: like lot. Like, yeah, thinking about like coming out. Like, I wasn't like, I wasn't a Ray Lewis built kind of guy. Like uh-huh. I was built for I was built for speed, you know. Right. I, like you know, I could hit harder when I had to, but I wasn't like I wasn't an inside linebacker type guy. Like I wasn't that downhill guy. Like I get it, you know. That's my job. I do. The, you know, if you need me to get in there and do the dirty work. I'm gonna do it. But I wasn't I wasn't a real big linebacker. So even my first couple of years, uh, here's a funny story. So we had some D linemen go down. First year. Uh, uh, I came in, we had Patrick Kearney, was one of our DNs. Uh, we had Rob Coleman, the tackle. But we had some other D linemen get hurt. Uh, we had uh, Brady Smith play for the Falcons. He, he was really good. He ended up uh, messing his toe up, couldn't play. So I'm 200 and not even, I was a little less than 230 pounds. And coach was like, all right, we go to third down, go in there and play DN. So, yeah, I'm rushing. I mean, I did a lot of rushing in college, but I'm sitting here rushing the passer, and it's like, I'm like, dude, like, this is... I got a lot of respect for DLM, because I'm like, dude, having to hit these big guys, these 300-plus-pound guys every play, takes a lot out of you. (laughs) And so, you know, it's... Man. Yeah, it's... You know, you just got to roll with it. You know, it's something that something that I've I've tried to tell. i you know, I have a 17 year old and 14 year old. They're both playing football now, and you know, I explain to them you have to adapt, especially when you're young. You know, if you know if coach wants you to go try this position, I'm like, don't hate it, go do it. And If you're gonna do it, do it to the best of your ability. I'm like, because you know, you can't. You know, you can't just get in your mind and say, oh, well, that's not what I want to do. And then just don't do it. Because then you're not going to make it at all. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to get the opportunity. Like I said, I didn't play linebacker before, you know, coming out of high school. And even, you know, my first, even throughout my freshman, or my true freshman, freshman year of college, I had given up hope, like, in my mind. I had thought like you know what I'm just gonna i like I'm just I'm just gonna enjoy school and you know whatever happens happens right okay okay and then kinda you know going into the spring of you know before my freshman sophomore year our first scrimmage I knew what to do so I made a bunch of plays like and I didn't even think of it. other coach comes to me the next practice he was like you know what he was like you surprised me which my one of my cousins was my defense coordinator who by the way was a complete hard ass on me <laughs> he had me ready he had me ready to quit school <laughs> um Dang, really yeah he was man wow. he should dog me every day he should dog me every day
2: and a, yeah. how, how did your cousin become the, like I, this is family this is how athletic <laughs> family is um
1: and you know he he came to me he's like surprised me he's like tell you, like, you, you're going to be starting, moving up, and like, you know, and it was, it was kind of crazy at the moment, because there was a guy who was going into his senior in year, who was in front of me, and so to take his spot, like, I kind of felt bad at the time, because I'm like, damn, like, you know, that man's only got one year left, and here I am, you know, I'm taking the spot, yep. and, but, you know, going in, you know, after that is when I realized, like, dang, like, you know, okay, I earned a spot, I still didn't think I was going to make it, because I'm like, I hadn't really played linebacker like that. Yeah, I'm here doing it in practice, scrimmage, and kind of, man, I was just having fun. Okay, well, I was just having fun, you know, out there just flying around, making plays. Um, oh, my first year starting in the rest of the sophomore, I made first team all-conference. And so I was like, you know what? There, there may be something to this. Like, I, you know, I might can do this, you know. Let me just, you know, just keep getting better. And you know, before I knew it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm My mindset was changing. Like, the, you know, the better and better I got, you know, at what I was doing. Like, it all started changing. I was like, you know, I think I can, you know, make it to the next level doing this. Like, yeah, i like, it wasn't wasn't what I thought. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so you play You played. In the NFC South, where you had the Bucks, you had Carolina, and you had Drew Brees and the Saints, and then you played, obviously, in the NFC East, which is now the least, with how bad they are, the Eagles, the Redskins, sorry, not the Redskins no more, but at the time, the football team, the football team now, and the Cowboys. Out of those two divisions you played in, which division would you say was the worst at NLC's. the time?
1: NFCs was the best. Uh, NFCs when I played NFCs, there's no doubt. The like top to bottom, like at the time. Like now, you know they're going through some world, but like you see, they're not. I'm gonna say now, like I don't, I don't think they're a bad division. They're just not living up to the standards that they were before. Mm-hmm. Like they've got talent. Every t- every team in the division's got talent, but as far as putting together with coaching and everything being on the same page, they just don't have it right now. Like you know, like right now, the NFC South is way ahead of them.
0: But what at the time you played though, between both divisions, wh- who would you say was up to that far compared to nowadays? Who was who was better? Or were they both the same?
1: Then, oh, then the NFCs, top to bottom, was 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 a better, was a tougher division. Like, I mean, not to take anything against. That, I mean, because I was in, yeah, I was in the NFC South at the time. But you know, we didn't. Gosh, I mean, my few, my first few years, like Drew Brees, didn't get there until what? 06? 06, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I was there, by the way, their first game back in the Dome when they kicked our butts. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was – you know, before Drew came, man, they were – the ones wasn't good. You know, they – he came and, man, they gave him weapons. Reggie Bush, Marquis Colston. <laughs> like, man, you give Drew Brees this and it's like – I mean, but, you know, at the time, like, you know – I don't think New Orleans thought Drew Brees was going to be what Drew Brees became. Mm. You know, he was com- coming off an injury, mm. you know, coming out of San Diego. You know, they, you know, figured hell, they had just drafted Phillip, you know, the year before. So they they really wanted him to work. So getting rid of Drew was a smart, not, I ain't going to say it was smart. That was a logical business decision for them. Mm. Um, Carolina was, Carolina was, Carolina was still decent. You know they had a great defense. Uh, I think they still had Jake Delhomme okay, <laughs> at quarterback. Deshaun yep. uh, Foster was running back. Steve Smith. And yeah, oh yeah, Steve Smith. Steve Smith was a dog. Lucine his whole M- career, <laughs> he was a dog. Lucene Muhammad. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Bucks were the Bucks. You uh, know. Uh-huh. They, okay. up until up until this year you know they hadn't got right ever since that Super Bowl loss you know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's just it's just been a tough road for them but I mean hey you
2: know they just won <laughs> yeah
0: go ahead Dave I knew you had a question before I did so go ahead so I'm streaming
2: you. through YouTube and I have my highlight reel uh, where I rob a <laughs> I rob a home run I think it's the longest robbed home run in, in Major League history I don't I don't care you got to prove me wrong with, with me, somebody else tracking down a longer home run and robbing it. I see you throwing it. it. I don't know if this is you or not. <laughs> you chucking the fo- <clears throat> the football at the guy, the cameraman, uh, after the, after you got the, uh, the fumble and you took it all the way into the end zone. <laughs> yeah. I
1: remember that. Dude,
2: <laughs> this, is, this is the best thing I think I've ever seen. And it's topping my stuff, dude. This is sweet. I don't know if you've heard what an NFT is. Uh, it's a non-fungible yeah. token. Bro, yeah. this is gonna go right here. You need to do this. James made two hundred thousand plus. Let's go. I
0: remember
2: <laughs>
1: that when you did that. I remember that. I yeah. knew it as soon as it came out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. What's up, man? <laughs> that was a classic moment, man. I, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, what well, obviously wasn't something that I meant to do, but hey, it, you uh-huh. know, people ask me about it all the time. I'm like, man, what you? Ask? I was like, man, like, man, this guy, you know, we. We had a chance to talk after the game and everything, man. So that was. I think I signed something for him.
0: Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty good, yeah. That was great stuff. I, uh, I, I knew i knew where you were going after you said that, because I remember I was watching that game when you did that, too. It was,
2: uh,
0: I was. You're laughing. watching it? I watched it, yes. I was laughing. It was on Fox. <laughs>
2: uh, it's crazy. Pretty- it? All right, man. I. Now I want to talk about entertainers and stuff and how this is a business. And that's what you said is the worst part about it. It's a business. Barry Bonds wrote an article or he had an interview in 2002. I'm in double A, triple A, whatever it was. And he says, yeah, man, we're this and that. We're entertainers. You know, I get paid to do this. This is all I am. I'm an entertainer. And I never looked at it like that. And I wish I would have. I wish I would have. But it's hard to like as a kid or young guy, you know, wrap your head around that. Maybe it was was for me. Maybe it is for others. But um, yeah, it's. You know, it's one of those those things, and I I said this,
1: man, one of my first couple years in the league, and I was talking to a buddy about it, and I said, and when it comes to football, and I told him, it was a teammate, I said, we, as NFL players, I said, I felt like we are, we were modern-day gladiators, And that's, you know, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great things about the league. the way I look at it is if like back in the day like I I love history so back then like if you were a top gladiator you would get things done they loved you and that moment that you didn't win and you weren't doing anything good for them they will get rid of you in the heart and that's why I say that's the downside of this and that's, that's a lot of major sports you know uh Baseball, it's a little hard because there's a lot of guaranteed, money, especially in the majors, because it's, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of their stuff is guaranteed. NFL, because I, I like I, not to take anything away from any other sports because it's all physically taxing on your body. I feel like NFL, among other, among other sports, should definitely have guaranteed contracts. I mean, all of them. Guarantee all of them. So you're going to sign these guys, up, guarantee all of them. Because, you know, you know I, as we've seen over the years, a lot of guys who, succumb to CTE and other mental health problems, which stem from getting banged around. And so, you know, that's, and that's kind of my, my, my thought process when I say it comes to like athletes being entertainers and understanding the business. It is. I'm glad you, so I don't, so I don't like, I don't, I don't fault any, any guys now that's, you know, who wants to hold out and all that. Dude, get, get as much fun as you can. I mean, you're not going to play forever. <laughs> right. And
0: I'm actually glad you brought that up, too, because I was going to ask you that with the CTE. That is legit real. I mean, I who I, I, I never thought it was... I mean, I've heard of it, but I never thought it was to a certain point of where it's actually killed a lot of football players. Like, just recently... The guy that yeah. the guy that was played for Vegas and a couple other teams, he killed himself along with four others. Four others. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. real.
0: And then you had Vincent Jackson just recently too. Played for my Chargers yeah. and played with the Bucks. It's yeah. real, man. Yeah. It's real. It's like I don't know what the right. What the NFL is doing, but they need to help these players. It feels like yeah,
1: I, mean, I happened. I think, I think that's why you see guys, you know, demanding change, especially you know next time the new CBA comes up. You know, guys, you know players, you know, they should request change. You know, it's it's all it's all a part of the process. You know, I, I came in. Yeah, there's supposed to be safer rules now. You know, I came. Well, I can't believe Paul Tagliabue was still the commissioner. <laughs> But then you know Goodell came in and you know a lot of the changes I get you know I understand it was you know to make the game safer but at the same time it's you know some of the rules I don't agree with like you know with the way offseason season program is. it's not really an off-season program anymore you know it's mm-hmm. training camp it's not really old school training camp you know mm-hmm. they get one padded practice a day you know I come from. <laughs> I think uh um, My second my second week, we had twenty three straight padded practices. (laughs) And um, I feel like and this is just me personally, I feel like with football, like if you don't get those guys used to football activity, that's where you see a lot of uh, you know, non contact injury from the Achilles, ACL and stuff like that. Because, you know, guys go from kinda going through the motion pretty much to full speed and
0: did you ever go through it personally yourself? Did you ever get sc- scanned for possible CTE? You, uh, you, I haven't been
1: scanned for it, but you know it's it's one of those things that I think every you know, I'll probably do it. I think every other guy who's played in the NFL league should probably do as well.
0: You we got another question, Dave. Oh, he's muted.
2: There we go. There you go. There you go.
0: We were wondering what happened to you. <laughs>
2: oh, man. My kids got loud. Sorry. I'm glad I'm, I'm killing this right here. <laughs> nice. Anyways, um, for, for me, for, for you to help me out, every time that I come on here and I talk to somebody, my ego gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and I, I'm getting healthier and healthier. And, like, I feel better every day. It's great. And the, the question I always ask after that is, how do you deal with adversity? I've been, I've been through so much stuff in my life that so many people, I mean, if I if I would have never helped anyone out, never lend a, a lending hand, even, I mean, just I'm not even saying anything to, about anyone, just never helped anyone. Just I took the money and put it in the bank and then I just went and played and just did everything for me, you know, not get, you know, not been able to get screwed over, taken advantage of or nothing like that. And, um, you know, not, not listen to anyone's advice, just done it my way. I think I would have been a better off spot. But I didn't. Uh, the, the decisions I made, man, I, it came out with the choices I made. And I'm not perfect, dude. And it's not just me blaming this. And no, no, that's not it. But how do you, how do you deal with adversity? How do you deal with obstacles? How do you deal with this whole life thing that, I mean, life after baseball is such a struggle for me. And um, it, it's just very difficult sometimes. So what do you do? No, it's, it's definitely a struggle, man. You just got to surround
1: yourself with the right people, man. And just know that, you know, everything's going to be all right in the end you You if you try to put yourself on the right path and always try to do right by others it's always going to come right it'll come back to you Uh, for me like like i say uh, having the right people around you like if you don't like if you don't have people around you that want to that want to see you do better then those are people you need around you like you know it's got to be some growth you know it's always got
2: to got to stay moving in, in a positive direction Awesome man, thank you, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time too, man. You're awesome, bro. Right, no problem.
0: Man. Um, yeah. So that, that is an awesome. I, I mean, I I hope he helped you out a lot, Dave, on that question. I really absolutely no, does. Because I mean, you guys battled through a lot. I know you guys have. So I mean, heck, more than I can ever say. Because I never even played to played any sports. I was never a professional athlete. I wanted to be, but I was never good enough. So I couldn't live and tell any of the stories you guys have been through. I really couldn't. And kudos to you guys for living it. Like, for real, it's something. But my next question to you, Mike, is... Looking looking back at your career to what the NFL is today, do you believe that the NFL is doing a lot better to protect the players than what they were back in the back in the day? Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure.
1: Uh, I mean just even just even just look at like how how the rule changes but how guys get hit. You know, getting guys out of the game for targeting that kind of stuff. Um, they've done a good, good job over the last couple of CBA's, uh, uh, helping guys out with uh, pension and stuff when they're done, you know, retirement plans, that kind of stuff. You know, you know, I was, you know, when I first came to the league, you know, putting money into like your your retirement plan, like four hundred one ks and stuff like that, like it was optional when I first came in. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I left, it was mandatory. They did not even give you an option. They're gonna take out the maximum you can put in each year, and they're gonna take it out of your checks, and they're gonna put it in for you to make sure that when you're done, you're, you know, you have something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, like stuff like that. You know, it's. I mean, it, it, they, they still got a way to go. I, I still think that they could do a much better job of taking care of the players. And what so,
0: about? And so. what? And what about? Um... I know this is a touchy subject, but I want to ask it to you anyhow. Um, What about minority coaches? Do you see more of them coming into the league anytime soon, or do you think the owners are just going to... It's it's,
1: it's not even coming into the league. There's a lot of minority assistant coaches throughout the league at every position. It's all a matter of them getting the opportunity.
0: That's what I was trying to say. That's why I was trying to say. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's... uh, it's something, it's something that needs to be addressed and hopefully, you know, I know they have their own rule, but, you know, as of right now, the rule is a bunch of BS, you know, they just you know, it's kind of in place to say, okay, yeah we talked to a minority coach we didn't, you know, we didn't give him the job but well, you know, at least we talked to him and that's pretty much what it is, you know, saying that they have to interview a minority uh person for the job, whether it's a man or a woman you know, now that we have, you know, women come in to coach them. um it's one of those things that definitely needs to be addressed. You know, I've, and I've, I've seen a photo, I can't remember what team it was. This was from some years ago. Man, a lot of the head coaches, they were all on one staff. It's like, wow, these guys are just kind of branched out through the league now. So it's all about, you know, who you know. Like, I was, like, I was happy for a coach like Sean McVay. Like, when he got the job, 31 years old, head coach. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was it was rare. You know, I mean, again, like you know, he wasn't a minority, but he worked his butt off. You know, yeah. obviously, you know, he he you know he got us with the door. Started he started early, worked his way up real quick. Obviously, I don't know what he did at in his interview, but he obviously killed it because <laughs> he got the job. But, uh, but yeah, when it comes to minority coaches, uh, like I said, I've been around some great. Uh, minority assistant coaches, and to have seen some of these guys not even get considered for uh, head coaching jobs it was crazy. You know, uh, I when like uh, it was a few years ago when the Browns hired Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Yep. Nothing against nothing against Freddie. My sister went to high school with it, <laughs> and it was like—that's crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, small world. <laughs> yes. But you but you know, like I mean, like I said, not to take anything away from Freddie. Like, I mean he had you know, he had been in the lower ranks, but like I had new minority coaches who had been in the league probably more than half of half of Freddie's life. Mm-hmm. That didn't even get considered for for the job.
2: Or a head coaching job, you know? So, and I heard you say so, that you there there's a there's like Coaching staff is spread out from one team, from one coaching staff. What year and and what team? I, I can't remember. I have to look it up. Man, it was, it was like those. that, man. I, I I I get it, dude. I completely, I I, I believe it, absolutely. And and yeah. that's how it is, man. And and if it works, though, if it works, they're not going to change it. And you know, it, it's. Yeah, but that's the thing You're starting to see now A lot of these younger coaches Are starting to come
1: in And like really turn some heads Good Or some Or some fresh ideas
2: Like people who are adapting To the to the times Is the so, game changing, uh, the, the technology in the game Starting to cut you off Is the technology Like in baseball All the launch angle stuff Or has it always What's what's up with the uh, NFL? Nah no. Technology ain't got nothing to do with it It's just all a matter of Like
1: rules Like You know, it's the way the league is, it's not you know. Back in the day, it's not it's not a run heavy league. I mean, unless you're like Tennessee. Tennessee has a lot of success running the ball. <laughs> They'll count it at you. But as you can see, it, just across the league in general, it's not going to seem like that. I got so it's a know. passive league. So it's, it's built it's built for quarterbacks. That's why why you think I mean, Tom wow. Brady's lasted as long as he has. That's true, yeah, man, he played forever, dude.
0: We've got about nine minutes left, so I got one more question for you, and I'm sure my. Co-host does for you as well before we end the session. <clears throat> um, at one point in time, did after you retired, did you ever think about being an announcer or a coach into the league?
1: Uh, I thought about it. You know, it's uh, I'm mean, not wrong, me I, I would love to be. You know, I'd love to be on a network somewhere talking about you know, not just not just football but sports in dinner You know, I grew up uh sports fanatic. I I'm almost people I can literally sit and watch any sport. You know, some people how I, you know, I grew up here, you know, how do you sit and, how do you watch baseball? It's so boring. I'm like, dude, I'm a baseball fan. Like baseball you know, baseball was my first love, bro. Yeah. Braves fan. Big Braves fan by the way. Um Yeah. But that was, you know, that was what I grew up loving. Like and I played it all through high school. Like if I would have been good enough to play baseball or football, can't yeah. lie, I, I, that would have been a tough choice because you know <laughs> it's an amazing sport. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, man, I'm a I'm a sports fan. Sitting here and watch tennis, and golf, and all that good stuff. Should I even watch cricket? Because you know, there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: well, all right, Dave, we're cutting it short here, so go ahead and ask your final question, and then we'll end the
2: episode. Uh, Cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. I own a co- I own some Bitcoin, some Satoshis. Um, you know, I'm not promoting Bitcoin anyway, but I mean, what about cryptocurrency? What about um, all, all the stuff that's happening with uh, fiat, the dollar, all this stuff with the uh, stimulus checks and the whole economy? Crypto, this. What do you got? crypto, crypto I think is a, a good thing to get into. It's one of those things that, you know, like
1: you say, you can't physically touch it. But obviously, as you can see, just over the years, I mean, it's something. It's growing. It's. I think it's. You know, with the way technology is going, I think it's one of the things that's going. To phase, it's, going to, it's going to just blossom and take over uh, the economy. Man, COVID. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, you know, COVID. COVID kind of, you know, kind of messed a lot of things up. And you know, there's just so much stuff that goes on with the whole with the COVID conversation. You know, that's. God, like like you said, like we don't we don't have enough time to talk about that because that's something that's it's so touched with so many different people. Oh, man. And um not to say that people should be worried about it, they shouldn't be worried about it because that's you know, that's up to them. But obviously, you know, it's real. You know, a lot of people, you know, they don't really think too much about it until it hits home. Right. You know, it's them, a loved one, you know, you lose somebody. Um, I had a former uh, Uh, An old friend from New York, you know, who lost he lost a couple family members last summer due to COVID, and man, you know, Mm kind of his whole mindset kind of changed about COVID in general. But uh, I guess I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, the economy bounces back. You know, took it took a hit. You know, COVID. You know, everybody staying at home or you know having to work from home and stuff like that. So um, uh, I don't know. Actually with all the with all the shootings we've had over the last probably two months I think we should go back into lockdown Oh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean I, I mean that's that's a conversation for our own time but you um, know that's, uh, you know it, you know it's stuff like that you know it makes you think me, like what are we you know we as a country like what are we doing you know yeah, exactly. Like what like what like what are we doing wrong, so to speak. Yeah,
2: dude. Yeah. Stuff like that keeps happening. What are, not what are we doing, but what are we doing wrong? Right. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. man. I w I wanna get the perspective from an alien that's looking down on us and and, and they're sitting back eating their popcorn <laughs> looking at us humans going, dude. That's why they had taken that's why
1: they <laughs> had taken Like, No, nah, you know what? They got too much they got too much stuff going on. We don't we don't want that. We, exactly. let's, let's keep <laughs> going. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, buddy, dude. Hey, dude, appreciate all your time, man. You're the man, dude. Congratulations on everything. Thanks for coming on. Definitely. You're the man, man. appreciate it. Definitely. All right, like, you
0: guys
1: have a good we one. Will,
0: we will definitely keep <laughs> in touch with you all. Definitely. I know Dave's got your email now. I'm sure he'll keep in touch with you. But we, please come on whenever you want to come on. We'd appreciate it.
1: All right, sounds good, man.
0: Um, all right, definitely. Thanks, man. Have a good one. You too. Later. Later. <laughs> Later. Right. Bye. Bye. Wow, man. Final thoughts before we head off.
2: I blown away get to talk to a guy that won the Super Bowl. And all the advice that he gave. And I'm just look, dude, that guy, he's scary. He is. This dude's super scary because he's he could do anything he wanted to be. He could be, he could have been anything he wanted to be in his life. Played any sport, didn't matter. He's a animal. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to him. He's just like a normal guy, man. He's yep. just a nice guy, genuine guy. Yep. There with his yep. kids, loving it, loving his family. and All power to him, man. He's right about a lot of stuff, dude. Everything he said, was, I'm, I'm down for him. This guy's awesome.
0: I know. My final thought is every single time we get a good guest, don't we? I mean, kudos. Dude. I mean, that's why I created it. That's why I created this podcast. I'm, I can't say it enough. I'm going to say it every episode, but it just keeps getting better and better. I love the stories. Great guys in general. It's awesome. And I knew where you were going with that one question because I saw saw when he did that with that football. I saw it. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was.
2: Unbelievable. You got to see it to believe it. It was awesome. It was so awesome. Good for him for doing that. And he says he he didn't mean to. I I really think he tried to spike the ball as he's running. The thing just flew up and just so happened there's a guy right there. Yep. it's not uh, no intent it's um it's sports and it's one of those things that happens that makes you scratch the back of your neck mm. you're like what it's yep. cheeky what the hell what dude it's entertainers man and sometimes sometimes things happen
0: but yep i thank you again dave it was thank awesome. you thanks that was to, great. thanks for thanks to michael bully for coming on awesome i it was awesome i can't get enough of it so this does it for episode number 17. Uh, well, we don't know yet on when we'll be back, but we'll be back soon. I don't know about the... That's still up in the air for tomorrow, but probably not. So probably looking maybe for um, a Friday or Saturday show. We'll see. So... I'm good. Whatever. Um... But you have a good night, Dave. I'll text you once we're done here. It was awesome. Thanks again. Stay safe out there. And let's keep this show growing. You have a good night and stay safe, Dave. Thanks, Byron. You too. No problem. Later.